So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you're having an amazing day, and I'm really excited to get into today's content. So uh, it's interesting. We we just met recently with a family friend who, gosh, we've known for a long time. I mean, we're talking two plus decades, I believe. And uh, for those of you who don't know, I was born and raised in Saskatchewan, which is the central part of Canada. Um, super unusual for somebody of my complexion to grow up in an area like that. But that was where my dad uh, sort of, I guess, was assigned when he began his job as a full-time pastor. And then he, you know, they, they set up a good community and he stuck around for um, for about 17 years. I think he had pastored there. So anyway, so that's, that's where I was born, raised and grew up. And we were connecting with a family that we used to know from that season of life that we still keep in, I would say, sporadic contact with, but uh, just, you know, a deep enough relationship that you kind of pick up where you left off. This gentleman is uh, one of the, the nation's leading psychiatrists. He was um, head of psychiatry at the, um, for like the overall health system in Saskatchewan for 15 years. He served three terms, which is highly unusual for that position. Very accomplished, very respected and well-recognized and an incredibly humble man as well. So just, just very, uh, a very inspiring guy. So we were talking and I had just asked him, hey, what's, what are you seeing in your practice? You know, because he, um, he's doing private practice now and uh, specifically around just COVID and the pandemic, how has it impacted people? And he said his caseload has increased about 10 to 20%. He has a thousand active cases. And most of those cases he is meeting with once a year or once every six months. That should give you an idea of how short we are on psychiatrists in Canada. And I, I know that around the world, it's uh, very similar reports in most places, maybe not all. But I guess the the point I'm, I'm making, all of that is to illustrate, anxiety is on the rise. And so if you're feeling more anxious these days than before, there's a reason for that. And um, I, a lot of it has to do with COVID, yes, but I want to kind of get more specific. We we want to be really careful that we don't attribute too much anxiety to external circumstances. I'll use a really extreme, this is going to sound almost harsh, but somebody who's experienced a lot of trauma, you don't want them to blame the the, the traumatic incident for the anxiety they experience later on, right? It's like, oh, well, I'm feeling anxious because when I was three years old, you know, um, my parents got in a car accident and I almost lost them. So that's why I'm feeling anxious. That's a good way to explain it. But what you really want to understand is what is your experience of anxiety actually like? Like what's going on in your body? Um, what are the thoughts? What are the real fears at play here? Because that that incident that happened when you were three, that's actually just, that. that's just, the, it's the reason it's there. But let's actually articulate, well, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to lose them. Okay, what happens if you lose them, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Anyways, I don't want to get too far into that. But I guess what I'm trying to say is we don't want to, we don't want to use the external to explain too much of it because anxiety is a very internal experience. And the better we understand the internal facets 
of somebody who is anxious or experiencing anxiety, uh, the, the more we can help them. Now, today, what we're actually talking about is what to do when freedom produces anxiety. And you might think that's a bit of a funny concept because surely somebody who has been rife with a porn addiction that is finally getting free would experience all of the emotions but anxiety, right? Well, why on earth would somebody get anxious about that? And it's a really good point. It's a really uh, just interesting thing to think about, but it's totally valid. So if you've begun on this freedom journey and you found yourself experiencing anxiety, there's a reason for it. There's a good reason for it. Um, So let's talk about this a little bit. Imagine that for 20 years of your life, you had a friend, okay? So you've been friends for two whole decades. And every time you were stressed, you could call that friend and they were there for you. Like they would drop what they're doing and they would pick up the phone. And sometimes they would say, hey man, I only have 30 seconds. And you'd say, no problem. 30 seconds is better than nothing. And sometimes they would have hours on end. But every time you needed them, they were there for you. And then one day that friend said, hey man, um, I'm so sorry, but like um, I'm moving. And it's a new season of life for me. And I just, I don't think we can really continue with this sort of arrangement we've had for these last 20 years. Let me ask you, do you think you would feel anxious? Probably, right? There's probably some anxiety around that. Because now this this source of comfort and safety has been pulled away from you. Now, what if I told you that that person was an abuser? What if, what if what if that person was actually they were physically and verbally abusive to you but but they were the only thing that you knew for safety you just you didn't know any better and you were too scared to you know hurt them or to upset them and to have something worse happen to you so for 20 years you stayed in that abusive relationship they were the only place that you went where you could feel safe and yet at the same time you felt equally dangerous And let's say after 20 years, that person got caught. What happens when they're they're removed from your life? Well, you're going to feel relief because finally, finally, this person is gone and you're not going to be abused anymore. But let's not forget that you were also experiencing safety. They're the only person you could trust, the only person you opened up to. And so while you will feel relieved, you will still feel anxious because you are detaching from something that has been a source of safety and comfort all these years. Now, I'm sure you can see where I'm going with this, but we're not talking about a person and we're not talking about an abuser, but we are talking about porn. And porn is the exact same thing. When you remove porn from your life, something that you have sought for comfort, for security, for reward, for affection, for affirmation, when you start to detach from those things, well, you are going to start to experience some anxiety around that because there is a threat to your safety. This this source of security that has been there all these years is now gone, right? It's like getting the rug pulled out from underneath you. The difference is that you're the one pulling. But nonetheless, it is very much an anxiety-inducing experience. All this to say is if you have experienced some anxiety over your freedom, It makes sense. There's nothing wrong with you. So what we want to do is we want to get really granular on our experience of anxiety without overinflating it. Okay, this is a this is a balancing act. So 
what we want to do uh, for starters is we want to set clear boundaries and parameters for how, where, and when we will talk about our anxiety. Okay, this is really important. We, we want to um, structure it because infrastructure allows us to handle this in a responsible way. Okay, let, let, me, let me kind of illustrate this. Let's say that there's no one in your life you can really talk to to cope with anxiety. Um, it's just your counselor. Well, when you talk to your counselor, obviously you're going to be able to, like full permission, you talk about it as openly as you want. But then what I would do and what I would recommend to somebody in that state is I would say, look, once, once every single day, if somebody has high anxiety, once every single day, I want you to sit down and I want you to actually work through the anxiety for 20 minutes, journal about it or whatever it might be. But, but set, let's set some clear parameters for when you're going to work through this stuff. Now, you might say, yeah, but you don't know when anxiety might come up for sure. And we'll have some little coping mechanisms for how to deal with it in the moment. But if we really want to dive deep and try to dig into why the anxiety is there, we want to structure it because otherwise what happens is we become perpetually introspective. We become so consumed with ourselves and our anxieties and our inner experience that we lose sight of the world. And we actually, we, we forget that there's other people that matter just as much as us. And in doing so, we disconnect ourselves from them, furthering the anxiety. You know, Jordan Peterson says one of the best ways to combat anxiety is to focus on other people, ask them questions, pay attention to them. Because as you get your attention onto another person, you start to lose sight of your own insecurities and anxieties. It's not that they aren't there. It's just that in the moment you're able to be present with that person and then you can go work through your stuff when time allows for it appropriately. So if you're experiencing some anxiety, number one, you're going to have to work through it for sure, but let's set some infrastructure for how you're going to go about it. You want to think about when, you want to think about who, who is involved, and where. Where are you doing this? Don't do this in your bedroom. Do not process anxiety in your bedroom. Your bedroom is, it's meant to be for one thing, sleep. And a second thing if you're married, sex. That's it. Don't process in your bedroom. Let your brain associate good things with your bedroom, okay? Process your anxiety somewhere else. So again, just be intentional about how you're going to work through anxiety. Okay, number two, we want to understand what is going on in my body when I experience anxiety. What am I feeling physically? Is my heart racing? Is my chest tight? Are my muscles, am I, am I shaking? Am I twitching? Am I tense? What, what, what is the state here physically? The more you understand that, the better. Number two, uh, the reason knowing your, your body really well is so that you can actually lean into it. Okay, a lot of people try to suppress and resist and ignore the symptoms or the signs in their body that are saying, warning, warning, like, hello, we got some anxieties here. And instead, what we want to do is we want to pay attention to them. We want to lean into them. We want to thank our bodies for alerting us of the threat. <sighs> and in that process, you can kind of work through it a little bit. Okay, the other thing we want to understand is why. Why am I feeling anxious? What are the thoughts contributing to my anxiety? Now, I'm actually even a little bit particular about saying like my anxiety or our anxiety. I realize I've used that a couple of times, um, but the anxiety, probably the, the better term. What, what is contributing to the anxiety? Why, why is there anxiety? Why do I feel anxious? And so we want to understand the thoughts. We want to understand the beliefs. Uh, the, the essence of anxiety is perceived threat. Perceived threat. So maybe if, you know, why am I anxious? I don't know. 
uh, then maybe what you're asking is, what am I feeling threatened by? So, you know, I just had a conversation with a friend. We are, you know, we're looking to do some investing together possibly. And um, we, we, we weren't seeing eye to eye on the, I guess, the, the percentages. We'll put it that way. Because um, we're, we're contributing differently, differently to the deal. And so I came home feeling some anxiety. And when I thought about it, I thought, oh, I'm afraid of losing the friendship and I'm afraid of how my friends might talk about me if word gets out. Even though I haven't done anything wrong, no one's done anything wrong. It's just my insecurities. Like I'm scared of what people are going to think of me and I'm scared of losing the friendship, right? Or that my friend's going to see me differently or get pissed at me or whatever. It's not going to happen. Like just, it's so not the case, right? And as soon as I could kind of process it, again, sometimes you you see it for what it's worth and you're like, oh my gosh, why am I being like concerned about nothing? Other times you see it and you're like, okay, well, at least I understand it now, but I still do feel the anxiety. Totally okay. But understanding it is still the step in the right direction. That's the step we want to take towards better understanding what's going on. The better we understand it, the more we can come up with a solution. In my case, uh, the solution was actually prayer. It was just praying through it, giving it to God, saying, God, I trust you. Uh, God, when I look at my track record with my friends and when I've done deals or, or gone into these kinds of collaborative arrangements before, it's worked out every time. I'm a person of integrity. They're a person of integrity. Uh, whether or not we're going to see eye to eye, I don't know. But I do know that we will look after this relationship. It's going to be fine. And that these guys don't gossip and they don't spread the word. And I don't have anything to actually worry about. So, God, I'm going to trust you, right? It, it's just, it's finding that that landing place that, you know, we all have to work on. We all, we don't, don't always get there right away. It depends on the situation. Sometimes that takes weeks, months, but we want to be working through it actively. We want to be aware of what's driving it and what's causing it. The other thing I would say is if you're not sure, you don't have to necessarily pay for a therapist if that's not your bend, but find someone you trust and talk to them. Hey, uh, I got some things on my on my heart, I just need to process with someone. You Would you be interested in grabbing a coffee? You know, it depends on the friend, but I imagine most of you have somebody in your life that could do that. Maybe it's not a friend, maybe it's a mentor or a relative, but I guarantee you there's somebody and I would encourage you, take advantage of those people, having those people in your life, uh, very valuable. And then the last thing, and you're just gonna hear me talk about this, uh, honestly, I'm gonna sound like a broken record, but this is really important for managing anxiety and really, really helpful. Um, I would say, especially if you're kind of heading on the, the porn recovery journey and, you know, you're, I don't know, I guess you're, you're experiencing that anxiety, right? And there's that part in your brain that's going, no, 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 we don't want to get rid of this because this has been, all, you know, our safety and our comfort and everything else. You want to embrace the opportunity to create new places for safety. And this is so much fun, guys. This is amazing. Now, there's two places primarily where you should find the security, okay? Listen very, very carefully. This is super important. If you are feeling, um, if you need comfort, let me, let me put it that way. If you need comfort, if you need relief, if you just need some affirmation, you want to go to two places, God or yourself. So I've talked about mirror therapy before on the podcast, right? How when I struggle with porn, after a relapse, I would get in front of a mirror, look myself in the eyes and speak life, speak truth. I would encourage you to do the same. That kind of stuff is very powerful. When I, um, you know, when I was feeling anxious about this deal, right? I'm thinking, well, look at my track record. Do I have any reason to be concerned? No, not really. 
No, actually not really at all. In fact, when I look at my track record, how I've handled myself in situations like this, I have been very successful. I handle these things very well. I have an unusually adept skill set in this area. Oh my gosh. Okay. I can be confident, being confident in myself, right? Like I'm, I am finding security again, and I'm finding it within myself. And then I prayed, right? And I talked to God, God, you know, my track record, God, I'm going to trust you to work these things out. Maybe this deal doesn't happen. Maybe we don't work together in this capacity. That's okay. You're going to see us through. We trust you. This is yours. We commit this to you. You know, it's just, it's just finding, it's finding that security in like, God, you're bigger than this. You see the end and it's all going to work out. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to die from this. So finding security in those places matters. That's why journaling is so powerful because when you journal your anxieties and your cares and the things that are weighing on your heart, and then you can dialogue with God and get his perspective and get his insight and get that emotional connection with him it starts to rewire your brain and it starts to rewire your heart to experience safety and security and comfort and connection in places other than porn. It's a big deal. It's a really big deal. So those three things are going to go a really long way. And if you, if you start to execute them regularly, you will begin to reprogram your mind to find safety and security in other places. And that's honestly, that's a really, really powerful thing. Um, and it goes, it goes a really long way. The other thing to remember is you, you're, you're inducing pretty major transition when you quit porn. So it, it's, it's just a blip, right? It's just a, it's a growing pain. It's a learning curve. It's an adjustment phase. It doesn't last forever. And when you get to the other side, you're going to be much more secure in yourself. Um, you're going to have a much deeper root system that is actually grounded in the truth. And on the whole, you're going to experience a lot less anxiety. So it's going to go really well with you. So that's everything for today, guys. Thank you for listening. Thanks for your support. And I really do hope that as you embark on this freedom journey, I I mean, not everybody experiences anxiety. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But if you do, uh, now you're good to go. You're going to be equipped. You're going to be able to handle it. And you're going to be a lot better off for it. So much love to you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. 
The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.